disturb me from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Happy Halloween. What is up, everybody? What is up? Welcome to episode 81 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Oh, man. Happy Halloween month, everybody. It is it is October. It is arguably the most exciting month of the year, (laughs) depending on I don't know if you feel that way or not. Uh, I got to say this, man, I have it has been a struggle for me this year. This is probably the first time and I don't know how long. I mean, it is October 5th and I still have like no idea what I'm dressing up as this year for Halloween. Okay, I'm always invited to at least two or three parties every year. There's always, you know, something going on. There's always a good reason for me to dress up. Uh, And I just I I have no idea. (laughs) Now, there is sort of a possible a possible costume that I'm going to do with a friend of mine. We're we're, we're thinking about doing this duo sort of thing. where We, you know, kind of join in on a costume, but it's a pretty ambitious sort of a thing. And it's all his idea. And he seems to think we have enough time to pull it off. Meanwhile, we haven't even started on the shit yet. (laughs) We haven't even started building the thing yet and working on it. And time is running out. Okay. And he's about to be out of town for a week and then he's coming back. And then we're both going out of town for another week for work. So I just don't know when we're going to have the time to do this. But if by some chance we pull it off, rest assured, I will share some photos with you guys so you can see it. Uh, His plan is to kind of go around and try to win some of these Halloween costume contests and maybe win some money. (laughs) And he has a really good idea. It's pretty unique. It's pretty original. I won't say what it is because, well, you know, it's going to be original. I can't tell anybody. (laughs) But, um. You know, we'll see, man. I don't know. But I, I usually I'm so fucking worn out. You guys know I've been like all over the place lately and I'm just tired. So like I don't even have the strength to try to put together some kind of costume. Uh, so maybe I'll go buy something at the last minute or I'll just use something that I already have. I don't know. I mean, I know that's kind of the easy way out. But, you know, for a long time, I was the kind of guy who would assemble my costumes because I always want to be creative and try to find a way to make them my own and, and do something cool with them. But I just don't have the strength for that <laughs> anymore. So I guess we'll see what happens. You guys got any cool Halloween plans? Make sure you let me know. Make sure you share that information with me. Um, so, yeah, it's Halloween month. And I hope everyone is uh, enjoying the start of the month of October. I got to say, uh, most of you guys probably know. Uh, I live in Louisiana. I record the podcast here and everything. And it is still like 90 degrees here. And we're meanwhile, we're just like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's October now. Can can we just get somewhat of a temperature drop? It just seems like it's not going to happen. I mean, that's this is typically my favorite time of year. You know, fall. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think fall has officially started yet. I could be wrong. But still, you know, like, I, I, I can't wait for that. I, I look forward to that. My favorite time of year is, you know, is Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all back to back to back. <clears throat> the temperature usually drops a little bit and I'm a big fan of cooler weather, <laughs> uh, you know, because I just like to I like my my winter sort of wardrobe. That some of my favorite things to wear tend to be things that I wear when it's cold. Right. So I kind of look forward to that a little bit. So fingers crossed any day now we'll see some kind of a reprieve from this depressing and scorching outrageous heat that we have down here in the south uh but not only that not only is it october right and an exciting 
uh, Halloween month. Um, I'm not sure how many of you guys know about this. I didn't even realize it until Brent, one of my faithful listeners, shared it with me on Facebook. But a new trailer for the Broly movie has been released. Uh, it's I don't think there's an English dub of it yet. If there is, I'm not. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I saw the Japanese version of it. Uh, go watch that trailer. I mean, I guess I can share it on the page. Uh, I considered making a video talking about it but i just i don't want to commit to that because i don't know if i have the time as you guys can already see this episode is a few days later than i thought it was going to be um so you know episode 82 of dragon ball super will be coming on tomorrow night and i'll have to record another one sunday or monday so i'm still trying to get caught up from being out of town but definitely definitely go watch that trailer if you have not seen that uh man there's some interesting shit going on in that trailer (laughs) i don't really want to get into it too much here just in case i do decide to make a video but go watch the trailer i just couldn't continue without acknowledging that uh and with that being said facebook.com slash (laughs) rock the dragon podcast is where you can find me go like the page etc i ask you guys every week so nothing's changed Go like the page if you're able. Leave me a review on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. If you have anything you want to say, any questions you want to ask, uh, Dragon Ball related or otherwise, send me an email for our email segment called What Are You Saying? at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. I do have a couple of messages and emails here that I want to read. Uh, I think we're going to probably take care of all of these before the episode talk as they don't necessarily pertain solely to episode 81 of Dragon Ball Super. Did I say 81 or 82 earlier? I meant 82 is airing tomorrow. I don't know what I said. It's it's, it's late. <laughs> I'm tired, but whatever. Okay, um, so I have here an email from Matt. Matt, what is up, man? I think um, you wrote in at least once before. Nice to talk to you again. Always happy to hear from new people and uh, get to hear from you again. Matt writes, uh, yo, Tim. Welcome back, man. I hope all is well and you had fun on your trips. But I have to say that it's great to have you back. This podcast has basically become a part of my Monday morning routine at this point. That said, I do want to say I appreciate you taking out the time each week to do such high quality work for the enjoyment of your listeners. I know you're a pretty busy dude. On a Dragon Ball note, I'm curious what your expectations are on the tournament of power as a whole. What kinds of things would have to be shown throughout these last 52 episodes to sway your opinion on DBS versus DBZ? Also, this is unrelated, but I don't know if you've heard that there is supposed to be a release of two novels revolving around Avatar Kiyoshi in 2019. I think it'll be pretty good read since they hadn't expanded much upon that character beyond a few episodes here and there. Keep up the good work, man, and welcome back. Matt, thank you so much, man. It's good to be back. Uh, Yeah, I was definitely kind of all across the country there for a while. It's not done yet. (laughs) In two weeks, I'll be gone for like another week, I think. But don't worry, we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it. But absolutely, um, I'm glad I've become a part of your routine. You know, anytime people tell me that, it makes me feel good. And that's the kind of encouragement I need to do this week after week by myself because it's not easy. (laughs) I, I actually feel like I'm losing my voice already. Uh, I've been drinking some water, but it's, I don't know, it's just been a very long week. Um, but yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of your 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 weekly routine. I'm sorry the podcast hasn't been up on Monday mornings as of late, <laughs> but I'm going to definitely try my hardest to get back in that 
on that schedule because I know a lot of you guys look forward to just, you know, listening to it on the way to work and, and stuff like that. So I'm gonna try to get back on that for you. Uh, so what are my expectations on the tournament of power as a whole? What kinds of things would have to be shown throughout these last 52 episodes to sway your opinion on DBS versus DBZ? Oh man. Now, Matt, I'm gonna be honest with you here. I, <laughs> it's very, it's very hard for me to imagine anything happening in these last 52 episodes. Is that how many is left? 52. Is that it? I don't know. For some reason, I think I was always, I was, I think I said 160, that it was like 161 episodes before that. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's right. I think you're right. It's more like 130 or so. So you're right. Okay. So it's only, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's literally a year, right? 52 weeks. I mean, obviously it's not going to be exactly that because we're going to skip some weeks for holidays and stuff like that. So it'll be a little bit longer than a year, but yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't even know where to begin on that. Cause I mean, Dragon Ball Z, And I think I mentioned this before when I was breaking down my whole opinion on Dragon Ball Z versus Super is that a lot of my love for Dragon Ball Z is is tied up in nostalgia, you know, meaning just rewatching those moments now and it reminding me and taking me back to a place where I was experiencing it for the first time and super excited about it and cheering out loud and tearing up at certain points and just getting super energetic and just feeling you're just being emotionally connected to those moments. Um, there's been a few episodes, you know, moments like that in Dragon Ball Super, but it's not going to be the same no matter what, right? Because I think, you know, the first time seeing something and experiencing it is probably always going to be like better than later on. And in my opinion, Super has been mostly not great. There's been some good arcs, namely the Goku Black Future Trunk stuff. The rest of it has kind of been <laughs> not not very good and now we're starting to get into apparently what is some of the most exciting stuff in the entire series but I, it's hard for me to imagine anything happening in 52 episodes that will have me saying Dragon Ball Super is better than Dragon Ball Z I mean I I don't know I mean look I hope I'm wrong right I mean I hope I'm wrong because that would mean there's a lot of really dope stuff coming up and from what I understand there is but I think the nostalgic uh, element of this whole thing would probably be enough for me to just to, to always prefer Dragon Ball Z. But hope I'm wrong. Now, what could happen possibly? I don't know. I mean, I know that this is a tournament of power, so it's going to be mostly fighting. Now, I'm very interested to see what they are going to do storyline wise when it's just a bunch of fights, right? Because usually if it's just a fight, that's it. The whole point, it's a tournament. The whole point of it is to win. You know, you, you, it's kind of hard, I think, to tell miniature stories within a tournament because it's just fights. And especially what we found out with this episode, um, which we'll get more into this in a moment. But like, you know, we find out this episode that it's not even like a one on one thing. It's going to be a big ass <laughs> battle royale, Royal Rumble style fight so i don't know what to expect i mean i i I don't know what could possibly happen i mean some of the more exciting things in dragon ball z were obviously points where people reach new levels of power okay uh characters dying important characters um and that's pretty much it and just having some really cool fights 
you know and i don't know who they can possibly kill off between now and the end of dragon ball super they could do that but i think in terms of transformations there's not much more that they can do i mean i know that there's an ultra instinct goku okay i know <laughs> i know that happens at some point i don't know what that means or any of that but it's everybody knows about that character so i can't wait to see how that comes about and what triggers that um so that'll be an exciting moment uh, transformations are usually always very exciting so it just hopefully there'll be some surprise transformations maybe even some sort of power boosts for characters that we don't see a lot right because we all kind of expect vegeta and goku to reach some new level i mean that's just normal normal now you know but maybe gohan will reach something new you know i hear at some point all of these characters get power upgrades you know of some sort so i'm looking forward to seeing all of that and if it takes me to that place emotionally that dragon ball z did then i'll be the first one to stand up and give it a you know a standing ovation when it's all said and done but as far as it topping dragon ball z i don't know if it's possible for me <laughs> but that's for me because dragon ball z is 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 a part of my heart until the day that i die you know what i mean and it's a part of my body i have a tattoo you know so i mean like it's it's always going to be a part of me so it'd be interesting to see what happens okay and your final question here kind of shifting topics just a little bit um did i hear that there's supposed to be a release of two novels revolving around avatar kiyoshi in 2019 no i did not hear that uh for anyone who doesn't know what that is i won't talk too much about it because it's not dragon ball related but i talk a lot about avatar the last airbender on this podcast as well as legend of korra okay which was the sequel to that series and i also hosted a podcast based around the legend of korra that podcast is still up okay for anyone who is just now starting to watch the legend of korra you can still find my podcast it's called republic city report okay so you can go find that and listen to it it looks like it's a brand new podcast on itunes but it's not it just looks that way because i lost all my reviews and stuff due to some weird deletion problem uh, but it's still up so there was an avatar before ang uh not direct was it directly before ang yeah wait no no no. she was before roku i think i forget <laughs> i forget the order of the cycle but the most recent earth bending avatar was avatar kiyoshi okay and this is definitely a character that we saw sort of a good bit of throughout the series of avatar uh and there were a couple moments where they kind of delve in the past because Aang sort of had to reconnect with his past lives. So we got to spend some time with Avatar Kyoshi for a little bit. We got to spend some time with Avatar Roku for a little bit. We didn't spend any time with the other two, though. So like whoever the waterbending avatar was before Aang and whoever the um, airbending avatar was before Aang. Now, they showed both of them. You know, but we didn't get any sort of story about those two. So ultimately, you know, the Airbender universe is without a doubt one of the most expansive, well fleshed out, uh, dense universes in recent fiction, in my opinion. Okay, I say recent fiction because I'm not I'm not saying of all time. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of shit out there. But I mean, and within the past 10 years or so, this is definitely one of the most the biggest worlds I think I've ever been involved in. Uh, so I've always said, hey, why not tell a story about all the not all of the avatars? I mean, it's been a lot. 
Okay, but I mean, at least the the four avatars before Aang, because we got to see them, right? We got to spend a little bit of time with them, especially Kiyoshi, especially Avatar Roku. I mean, we had at least one or two episodes that were kind of like dedicated to Avatar Roku, and that was great. I mean, that, that world is so developed that they could tell a story about every single avatar they've ever had. I mean, if you watched The Legend of Korra, they spent two episodes telling us the story of the very first avatar i mean so i think it's great i think it's great that they're releasing these novels now i'm not gonna lie i haven't been keeping up with uh the avatar world in terms of the graphic novels and the books and stuff like that because even legend of korra has still been continuing on in graphic novel form but i just don't read like that <laughs> anymore you know like i just prefer you know the tv shows the an the animation of course and now they're doing the last Airbender uh, live action show. So it's exciting. And, you know, and when that comes out, maybe it'll sort of reignite an interest in this entire world. And then they'll do the Legend of Korra in live action. Right. That that would be cool, too. And then and if that's a success, then maybe they'll adapt Avatar Kiyoshi to live action. And like I as far as I'm concerned, this thing can go on forever. You know, it's as big as Star Wars in terms of the world that it takes place in, not in terms of pop culture, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like the world that's created, it's as big as Star Wars, at least as big as that. You know what I mean? There's just there's so much potential there for all kinds of stories. So I'm 100 percent down for it. Keep creating the stuff. And hopefully one day I'll, you know, I'll have some time and I'll sit down and read it. And if not, I'll hold out hope for some kind of uh on screen adaptation whether that be animated or live action so that would be great uh so matt man I, that was a long answer to all of your questions but <laughs> thanks a lot for writing in man and uh i look forward to hearing from you next time uh let's see what else we have here i got an email here from chris chris is a long time listener here um i gotta say i was super taken aback by this email uh it's just one of the coolest things I think anyone has sort of suggested so far. So I'll go ahead and read it. Chris writes, hey, Tim, I just got done listening to episode 80 and I'm glad you're getting back on schedule, but I hope you're not working too hard. Anyway, I was thinking about how I could help grow the pod. And I recently bought a double of. I recently bought a double of a SH figure arts Majin Vegeta. I would like to donate it for a giveaway. I enjoy the pod a lot and I appreciate what you do. Chris, that's super awesome, dude. Super awesome. So Chris is basically saying here, and he, and he took a photo of it. He's got this S-H, I don't know, I can't talk today. <laughs> He's got this S-H figure arts, Majin Vegeta. Uh, S-H figure arts is a really good brand. If you recall the giveaway I did, uh, however many episodes ago, I did one for a Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta. And so this is a Majin Vegeta. So Vegeta from the section of the Bobbity and Boo era where he succumbed to Bobbity's wizardry <laughs> and he has the Majin M on his forehead. Okay. Very nice figure. And Chris is offering to donate this for a giveaway because he's trying to help me grow the podcast. Super awesome. Great thing, man. I appreciate that. And I will absolutely take you up on that. Uh, and I'd like to invite anyone else who may want to do the same thing to do it. If anyone else wants to donate any sort of Dragon Ball related thing to the podcast, I can do a Dragon Ball prize pack 
and as some sort of a contest or giveaway, which will hopefully grow the podcast. And I'll de- I'll donate something too. I mean, I'll go buy something to put in it. So if anyone else wants to do that, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. We'll put everything together and we'll do some kind of a contest. And even even if you donate, you can still win. I mean, I definitely would not eliminate you from the possibility of winning, especially if it's more than one thing, right? Um, I don't know how I would do that giveaway yet, but I got time to think about it. So, Chris, thank you so much for offering that. I will definitely send you the address pretty soon. I forgot to do that, but I will do it. And, uh, yeah, anyone else interested in doing that, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast.gmail.com and let me know. Okay. Now, I got a comment on the page uh, from Scott. Scott, welcome aboard. Scott wrote, I've listened to six episodes so far and I'm really enjoying the podcast. I like the soundtracks you use and your views and comments on the episodes. Just gets me even more excited for the next episode. Keep up the good work. Scott, thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, always nice to hear from brand new people. (laughs) Don't hesitate to share that that excitement with me. If you're feeling it, if you just came along and you feel like you just want to say something, hell, leave me a review, post on the Facebook page, send me an email, whatever you got to do. I'm always welcome to the... uh, the motivation because <laughs> I need it <laughs> Scott thanks so much man appreciate that and I think I have one more thing here maybe uh, no that's that I think that's pretty much it the rest of the stuff I'll kind of cover in the episode talk so with that being said let's switch on or over to it of course this episode of rock the dragon podcast episode 81 is going to cover episode 81 of Dragon Ball Super Titled Bergamo the Crusher versus Goku, whose strength reaches the wild blue yonder. <sighs> okay, I don't know. I mean, I it, the wild blue yonder is that, is that a reference to something else that I'm missing? I mean, I guess I could have Googled that, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, I just don't. I just didn't understand that title. I was hoping that after watching the episode, I would understand that title. Guess what? I still don't understand that title. <laughs> so the wild blue yonder I, I don't know it's got to be a reference to something that I'm not aware of anyway uh, yeah so we are at the final match of the Zeno Expo uh, we've got we had Boo versus Basil uh, Boo took the victory there we had Gohan versus Lavender and that was a draw uh, and now we have Goku versus Bergamo, the, tr- the crusher. Okay. So the final match to sort of decide the winner of this thing, which uh, there's really no stakes here. <laughs> so it's not even that big of a deal. I mean, the whole point of this is just to kind of show the appeal of the tournament to the alternate future Grand Zeno. Uh, it's not like the loser of this is going to be destroyed or their ranking is going to be affected in any sort of way as far as I was aware of. So um, at the very least, we're just kind of hoping to see a pretty cool fight here. And and so far, everything's been pretty cool. So there's no reason to think that it wouldn't be. Now, the episode kind of takes off, uh, starts off with just sort of everyone is still, all the universes are still kind of reeling from this revelation that they will all be destroyed. The, The lower ranking universes will be destroyed if they do not win the tournament of power. Okay. I'm still a little bit, I don't know, perplexed as to why they decided from a writing standpoint to do that instead of just having all 12 universes be in there. I I mean, I I don't know. It's, 
I don't have a problem with it. I'm just confused as to why they would make that decision. It just seemed like someone in the writing room changed their mind <laughs> later on and said, hey, you know what? I don't feel like drawing all this shit. So let's just cut like some of the universes out. I, I don't know. Uh, but so basically Bergamo is kind of upset about this, obviously. And he's kind of using this opportunity <laughs> to sort of paint Goku as a villain, right? So he's making this announcement to everyone. He's saying that it's not fair that, first of all, my universe is ranked lower than theirs because this guy is weaker than both of my brothers. Obviously, he's ba I'm assuming he's just basing that on, you know, the inner, the power level that he can sense. I mean, which... He wouldn't be the first person to underestimate Goku's power because Goku is just standing there completely powered down. Of course, we know he has several transformations to go through, <laughs> but he doesn't know that yet. Right. And he's also saying that it's his fault to begin with that we're even under the threat of being destroyed. Right. So he's using this to kind of turn Goku into a villain, which I think is kind of cool. Right. I think it's a cool change of uh, perspective to sort of paint Goku as the villain in the eyes of these other universes, right? Um, because who knows? I mean, all, you know, if we were following one of their stories, maybe we would side with them, but we're going to side with Goku because we know that he wasn't trying to push for this. <laughs> he just wanted to fight the strongest fighters out there. Uh, so Bergamo makes this sort of proposal to the Grand Zenos saying that how about if I defeat him you don't destroy the losers of the tournament of power and for some reason that I don't really understand they agree to that um, I'm not going to lie there's something really off about the writing here about this stuff like it's just it's not clear to me as to why the writers are doing this <laughs> you know what I mean like because it doesn't even lead to anything Goku just ends up beating him anyway right now I could see if they use it as sort of a get out of jail free card in terms of backtracking on something that they plan to do by having Goku lose the fight and then saying okay never mind the other universes won't be destroyed and then maybe I could sort of justify it and say Okay, that's why they did this is because they decided that maybe that was just too much. I don't know, but that doesn't even happen. So I'm not exactly sure why they do this because and then they, they tell Goku immediately. Okay, you know, we, we agree to those terms. But Goku, if we even sense for a second that you're intentionally throwing the fight just so that these other universes won't be and your universe included won't be threatened with destruction. If you lose a tournament of power, um, that will just destroy you all anyway, right? So I, I, I just I'm having a hard time kind of understanding what the point of this is. If anyone has a theory about it, and, and maybe you're seeing something that I don't see, which is totally possible. Okay, once again, I never try to come on this podcast and pretend to be the know-it-all, you know, end-all, be-all guru on Dragon Ball. I'm just a fan, like everyone else. We're just fucking friends talking about this shit. So. <laughs> You know, if you see something that I don't, by all means, send me an email. Uh, but I'm just not really understanding, like, from a story perspective, why they would introduce this whole thing when it doesn't lead to anything. Uh, 
because you would think maybe I don't know maybe it would bring a new sort of pressure to this fight but it doesn't because they kind of agree to it and they don't even really talk about it again for the rest of the episode if a damn sure it doesn't affect Goku <laughs> he still goes all out you know regardless so I don't understand why they did that but whatever unless the whole point is to just sort of further solidify this idea that Bergamo is trying to push that Goku is the bad guy because it just makes I guess it just makes him look it just makes him look better in the eyes of the other universes to say I'm stepping up to the plate here trying to fight so we won't be destroyed and this guy is the reason why we might be um, of which if that's the whole point then that's cool I mean but they definitely need to play it up more so so once the tournament of power starts I need all the universes that are involved and all the fighters to consider Goku a villain and then and then maybe it'll start to kind of make a little bit more sense but I guess I guess that could be the reason why he's doing this now as a result of all of this uh, I mean the first couple minutes of the episode are basically just sort of the uh, the assorted universes kind of just discussing what's going on here so we, we get to hear some voices here we get to actually hear the voices of these people and uh, I think Brent you were asking about this um, it's good to hear their voices but I think I was kind of expecting more out of some of these characters I mean, I feel like not all of them sound unique enough, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, you remember, it's definitely, it's funny, because this is just sort of an observation that I've just kind of made over time. But you remember back in Dragon Ball Z, where all the characters sounded different, like it may, the voices may have not been the greatest, right? Because a lot of, a lot of times they would just do like, they would just give a character an accent and that would be their voice. Like you know, uh, Jace or, uh, <laughs> Zarbon, you know what I mean? Like I, they just kind of had like Australian accents or like British accents. And that was kind of there. That's what made them different, but at least they were different. You know, I feel like some of these characters, especially like the three brothers, the trio of danger, there's nothing really special about their voices. I feel like they're just kind of like these gruff voices, like, you know, I, I've done a little bit of voice acting and I'm not by all by all means not trying to sort of put myself down, but I feel like I could have done those voices, you know, and these are people who hopefully <laughs> do this shit for a living. You know, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I just think that maybe they should have worked a little bit harder on making some of these voices more distinctive. Um, and maybe in time, once I see more or hear more of them, then I'll feel differently about it. But it's nothing super impressive here about any of these voices. I still love Champa. I think Champa has one of the most unique voices on the show uh, so far. But we'll, we'll actually get to see what, what happens in a little bit. Uh, but it's definitely nice to hear from all of them and kind of get close-ups of them and see exactly, you know, what's going on. Of course, we do see the, as of this point, unnamed, unknown, cloaked, hooded character. Um which we will see more of later, but we'll get to that in a minute. So we've got Goku versus Bergamo. So here we go. So they really don't waste any time. You know, there's a little bit of action here, kind of starting off with them running around. But basically, Bergamo gets to the point where, you know, he kind of sort of provokes Goku into hitting him. Right. And he kind of says, you know, there's a reason why they call me the crusher basically so he kind of opens his arms up and invites attacks and 
Uh, you know, I, every, of course, everyone thinks it's kind of weird, but we know that there's got to be some sort of a twist here, right? Otherwise, why would he be doing that? So he just sort of invites these hits. And Goku's like, okay, <laughs> why not, right? So at this point, we're wondering, okay, well, what's going to happen here, right? He's inviting to, he's inviting these attacks, and it doesn't take long for us to find out that it it appears that he's absorbing these hits, maybe the energy from these hits, and he's transferring it into some sort of energy that is making him grow. Okay, so he grows a little bit bigger, and not only that, his fists kind of glow a little bit, so he's almost sort of basically absorbing Goku's energy, using it to make himself bigger, as well as being able to sort of channel it into his attacks. Uh, not the most original thing. I mean, we've kind of seen variations of this before. I think Goku even mentions that himself, <laughs> which I thought was cool, right? Because the first thing I would say is, well, we've seen characters that can sort of absorb energy before. You know, there was plenty of characters that would do that. Um, hell, Android 20 would do that. Uh, who else? They, what was the name? Remember the Yark, Yarkon? Yakon? You, something like that. You can't, I don't know. <laughs> Remember back whenever um, in Dragon Ball Z where um, they were in the ship and Bobbity's ship and they had to go through each level to fight a different creature and I think Gohan had to fight. No, or was it Goku? It was Goku. Goku had to fight this green creature who ate light. Was it Goku? I forget. Okay, but somebody had to fight the green creature and he ate light. And so every time he would power up to Super Saiyan, he would just like suck that energy out of him <laughs> and that light until he just fed him so much energy that he freaking destroyed him. So I'm thinking, well, that's one way of solving this right there, right? It stands to reason that at some point he'll only be able to absorb so much energy before he gets too big and explodes or something like that. Now, they didn't handle it exactly like that, which I kind of appreciated, though, because it while it seemed like something very familiar that we had seen before, they found a different way of kind of solving it, which I thought was cool. But of course, Goku's like, well, hell, man, like this is just <laughs> this is just exciting me even more because now like I'm going to like keep pummeling you because I want to see how big and strong you can get. I mean, that's exactly what Goku does. Uh, so he just kind of powers up the Super Saiyan, goes in even harder, lands some more punches. Of course, Bergamo gets even bigger at this point. Also, I think I said Android 20 earlier. I meant 19. Did I say 20? I don't know. Gosh, it's always weird when I'm saying something. Then I think about it later and I'm like, wait a minute. Was that right? Uh, but you guys, you guys know that. Like, I don't I don't see the point of fact checking everything. Usually I know what I'm talking about. Occasionally I say the wrong shit, but I meant 19. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we've got this happening. Um, we've got a moment here where Goku flies up into the sky and Bergamo starts to unleash these blows, uh, sorry, these, uh, energy waves, but you know, he's trying, he's kind of punching Goku, but he's not really doing much. And Goku is very s small at this point, but you know, it's harder. So that makes it harder for him to hit Goku because Goku is just kind of flying around. It's almost like when you're trying to kill a fly or something right i mean that's there's definitely a disadvantage to being as big as this guy is trying to hit something as small and as fast as goku is and goku of course realizes that starts to use that to his advantage 
and he mentions it later on himself. I think he says something like, you know, when you're this big, there's so many blind spots that you can't cover. So he's just kind of just, you know, punching him behind his knee <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> this is a moment where I really, I legitimately laughed out loud. <laughs> and, you know, as, as they're watching and they're realizing exactly what Goku is doing at this point, uh, Beerus says something like, uh, <clears throat> I'm tired of these Saiyans making these fights much harder than they need to be. Because that's such a true story, right? I mean, especially in Dragon Ball Super, it's, it's just kind of been like that. But that's how it is <laughs> with these dudes, especially Goku and Vegeta. You know, they like a, they like a good challenge. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, Goku just kind of breaks him down. You know, just kind of, he starts to get a little bit frustrated. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed all of this. And then he just kind of flips up into the sky and he goes up to Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, and you might ask yourself, well, why is he doing this? Because he doesn't have to at this point. I mean, he's, he's already gotten Bergamo figured out. Well, you know, and I assume this is that he's going to Super Saiyan Blue because he wants to put as much power and energy into this fight as he can to make Bergamo as big and strong as he can to see if he can beat him. So not only does he go to Super Saiyan Blue, he goes to Kaioken. Now, he doesn't say how many times he did it, I think. I mean, I think we can assume maybe just once. Or maybe he does say it, and I just missed it. But, uh, yeah, so he's going to his max, and he goes straight for the Kamehameha wave because he's trying to hit this guy with as much energy as he can just to see how much stronger it'll make him. <laughs> so this is... Uh, him as in Bergamo. Uh, that's Goku for you, man. So we get this really well-animated, epic fucking energy wave battle uh, that just looks great. I mean, and of course, Goku wins in the end because, well, he's already kind of demonstrated. I mean, there's no way Bergamo is going to defeat Goku when he's in Super Saiyan Blue God mode with Kaioken. <laughs> I mean... I just I found myself questioning and wondering how how I don't want to get into the whole power scaling thing conversation because that can go a lot of different ways. But we we know how strong roughly just regular Super Saiyan level one was. OK, even just, you know, KO Ken times three, four, whatever he was doing against Vegeta. So imagine now a Super Saiyan blue. OK, Goku has gone from Super Saiyan one. I I, it's safe to assume he hit level two at some point, but it was not like an official like transformation, but he obviously did super saiyan three. Okay. And then he went super saiyan God. And now he's super saiyan blue with a kale can on top. I mean, that is ridiculously strong, right? Cause the stance, the reason that when he went super saiyan God, he was at least close to being as strong as Beerus was. Okay, because, I mean, they made a whole movie about that. <laughs> okay, so then he went Super Saiyan Blue, and I, I think we're all still kind of assuming that he's still not as strong as Beerus or Whis at this point, but I, it's like we don't really know. Um, but, like, and then you put the Kaioken on top of that. He's got to be stronger than both of them, right? Like, he just has to be. <laughs> now, the only thing about this Kaioken Super Saiyan Blue form is that he can't, maintain that for a long amount of time and you know at least what happened the last time he used it he didn't go times 10 or whatever this time like he did against hit but it's still a lot of power so i just that was just me just kind of my that was sort of my thought process as i was watching this play out on the screen it's like how exactly strong 
is this? <laughs> so anyway, he hits Bergamo with the attack, shrinks him all the way back down. Of course, he's standing there with his mouth hanging open, wondering exactly what happened. Just kind of falls out. Uh, Goku is announced the winner of uh, this fight. And of course, that means that Universe 7 is the winner of the Zeno Expo. So um, they wrapped that up a lot faster than I thought they would. So that's when I realized, okay, there's, there's more to this. There's going to be some story-related developments here, probably. Uh, and they kind of sort of reinforce this idea that Bergamo is going to make sure that Goku is painted as a villain to the other universes. So that'll be kind of cool. And this is, <laughs> I think, the, um, the scene where his brothers are pulling him away. And he's like shouting at Goku is hilarious. <laughs> it just looks, there's just something funny about it, you know, because he, he's, you know, Goku tells him, hey, look, what you were doing, it was cool and all, but essentially it was like fighting myself. You were just using my own energy against me. Next time I need you to like use your own attacks, you know, giving this dude advice. And he's like, I don't need advice from you, punk. <laughs> and I love that Goku's expression just changes when he says that. And he just kind of, he's giving him like this serious look. Um, but yeah, he's basically saying that everyone thinks he's a villain now. And then they kind of drag him away and he's still yelling. And I just think that that's a pretty funny looking shot there. Not funny looking, funny. As in, I like it. So yeah, I, you know, I, at this point, especially given the fact that he won the fight, uh, this is going to further reinforce this idea that he's a villain to the other universes because they're saying, wow, that was our one shot to not be threatened with uh, being destroyed um, if we don't win the tournament of power and this guy just took that away from us so it'll make him look even more like a villain to them which uh, hopefully once again if they explore that more then that'll be sort of a good route to go uh, but Goku's standing there <laughs> and he's just saying hey bring it on man I'll take all you guys on you know bring me all your strongest fighters so I guess you can kind of start to see from their perspective how he could be viewed as sort of a, <laughs> a villain now. Because he's saying, even though I don't care, like I just want to fight everybody. I'll destroy, I'll whoop everybody's ass. Um, and so we have to check in with the Zenos. And they're, uh, they're definitely satisfied with what they've seen here. So they are just kind of sort of reiterating the idea that we will continue on with the Tournament of Power because the Zeno Expo was a success. Now, they kind of use this opportunity to explain the rules of the Tournament of Power, which I guess we can kind of assume that based on what they just saw here, you know, can kind of fine-tune some things to come up with sort of this final idea of what the rules will be. Okay, first of all, it's going to take place in the Null Realm, which they already said, but they show us the ring itself and what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> you know, to us, it's a, it's a spinning top, right? It's like a little top thing that you... Which, you know, I had one when I was a kid. You put it on the table and you would spin it. We've all seen Inception, right? Okay, that's basically what that is. Um, so they'll be fighting on this big spinning top. Uh, and they're kind of going through some of the rules, saying that if you knock the opponent out of the ring, you lose. Okay, so pretty standard stuff. But Goku's asking, well, what if I knock them out while they're in the ring? He's saying that you still have to push them out. So that's a little bit different than what we're used to in terms of tournaments. Uh, you know, typically you can knock them out, you know, beat them down until they can't get up or knock them out of the ring. And either one would be a victory here. You have to knock them out of the ring. OK, 
You can't just knock them out. So if you knock them out, you have to just push them out the ring. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, and, and they also mention the fact that you can't use any outside weapons. That's pretty standard. Though I do have to say that, uh, I don't know. It, I think it would have been kind of cool to just let them use weapons for once. Like, we never see that. <laughs> we never see that. The only person who ever uses a weapon on in Dragon Ball is Trunks. So, I don't know. I think it might have been cool to maybe have just like a certain, like maybe for the first five minutes you can use a weapon and then you have to get rid of it just to give us something different right i mean i i get it it's hard to justify the use of weapons in the dragon ball world because they're all so freaking strong like no regular weapon is going to make a difference right it would have to be some sort of super powered weapon that maybe they could charge channel their energy into to make it stronger right because i mean how many times have we seen trunks's sword be snapped in half <laughs> because it's at the end of the day it's just a sword right it's it's powerful but it's a sword versus these literal like gods and stuff but they could have found a way around that you know they could have said they could have viewed the destroyer gods could have said these are some weapons from you know our home planet choose your weapon and i just because i just think it would have been cool to see goku fight with like a sword now of course he he had the staff right <laughs> i mean he had the freaking staff for a long time in Dragon Ball, but not in Dragon Ball Z, you know, the power pole. I mean, I think they just kind of like got rid of that thing when they got rid of flying Nimbus and just never talked about it again. So it's been a while since we've seen anyone really use any sort of weapon. So I kind of thought it would have been cool. I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but since they brought it up, I said, man, how cool would it have been to see Goku with like a sword? We've just never seen that. <laughs> and it, it stands to reason that he probably also wouldn't be very good with one because he hasn't been practicing with a sword. But it didn't have to be a sword. Could have been anything, you know. Would have been cool to see him with some nunchucks or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, it just would have been a chance to see some new stuff. But anyway, no weapons allowed. Also, you're not allowed to kill the opponents, okay? Pretty standard, I think. Uh, now, the most interesting sort of development here i think in terms of the rules is that any techniques that involve flight won't work so it's not even that they just won't they just can't fly they won't be able to that's the impression that i'm getting here so they'll be in this room and they won't be able to fly and i don't know how to feel about that yet okay because some of the coolest fights take place in the sky you know, a lot of these moments where we have someone flop into the sky and launch an energy wave down at the ground at their opponent or someone gets uppercutted into the sky and then they fly up and teleport to the other side and then they freaking like do the double handed pound and knock them back on the ground. I mean, that's some of that stuff was cool. So I'm a little sad to see flight go, but at the same time, I guess it will introduce new things, right? They'll have to find a way to fight without utilizing flight and gohan said something about it too he says it changes things so hey if it, if it gives us something different to look at and different approaches and different techniques then i'm 100 percent cool with it now they're also saying that the tournament is going to last 48 minutes okay and weiss is saying well that's a long time for so many fighters right like don't you concern that it'll go on for too long and this is where the biggest sort of revelation of this whole thing comes out. And that is 
everyone's going to fight at the same time. So it's just going to be everybody in a big battle royale style fight at the same time. It's going to last 48 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. So, wow. I mean, they're really coming with the different stuff here. They're changing the rules up. They change, you know, I wasn't expecting this. And that's a good thing, right? Because I think I mentioned this early on. Some of my concerns with the tournament of power was that it's a tournament. You know, you have to make sure there are stakes for one, because the tournaments in the past, the stakes haven't really been that great. It's just like, you know, winner, loser, champion, no champion. So if you're going to if you're going to dedicate an entire arc (laughs) to a tournament, especially one that's, you know, 48 episodes long or 50 episodes long, you have to have stakes, which we do now. Okay. Because the, whoever loses will be destroyed their entire universes. So that's good. And you have to find a way to make it interesting. Right. And they've done that by getting rid of flight and saying, this is an all out Royal rumble style fight. (laughs) Okay. You literally have to throw your opponents out the fucking ring. That's Royal rumble all the way. Right. So that's cool. I mean, this is shaping up to be a very interesting, sort of exciting uh, sort of thing here. And of course, they say at the end of the 48 minutes, whatever universe has the most fighters standing will be the winner. Or if by some chance one of the universes managed to eliminate all of the other universes, then they will win also. So. Uh, and there's also mentioned about <laughs> they're kind of giving Goku a hard time saying he wouldn't be able to fight as a part of a team. And Goku is saying, I can do teamwork. And plus, we've got Gohan. He's all about that kind of stuff. OK, so this will definitely be interesting, you know, because we already know Vegeta is going to be involved in this whole thing. And if anybody has a hard time working with as a team, it's him. <laughs> right. Like Goku's not the worst at it now I wouldn't say Goku doesn't know anything about teamwork he just prefers to fight by himself because that's just the, the thrill of it to him you know he wants the challenge especially if he feels like his family or friends don't stand a chance well he doesn't want you involved because he doesn't want you to get hurt uh, but I think Vegeta's probably going to be the one they have the most trouble with there and if they're not then you know if not I'll be surprised so some of the other universes are sort of, you know, expressing their displeasure with this idea. And we go back up to the hooded cloaked figure. He decides that now is a good moment for him to sort of jump down and reveal himself. And I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect <laughs> exactly from this guy, but this is not what I was expecting at all. I mean, I knew he was going to have a massive mustache, <laughs> but I just wasn't. Ex- I think the personality is what's kind of got me a little bit shocked here kind of thrown off uh but yeah so this is a character that calls himself top he is the leader of the 11th universe's most most elite gallant and fierce i don't know group i guess like maybe there's some sort of like galactic sort of team maybe like the uh ginyu force (laughs) of some sort in this in that universe and he's apparently a member of that team and he's basically challenging goku to a fight which it's still a little bit unclear exactly why he's doing this, but he's coming across, you know, that he's being portrayed as very much a hero type, even the way he talks, the tone of his voice, the poses, 
It's very great say a man ish, you know. So I think in this moment, he thinks that he's doing everyone a favor by stepping up and saying, I'm going to take down this villain who's putting us in this terrible situation. So he basically comes down and challenges Goku to a fight. So it looks like there's just about to be another fight <laughs> and no one's even trying to stop this at all. You think someone would be like, hey, wait a second, guys, save it for the tournament. But um, it looks like he's just going to let it play out. So I'm guessing unless something weird happens next episode of Dragon Ball Super will be Goku versus Top. So maybe we'll get some kind of super interesting development there. But that's kind of where the episode leaves us at. Uh, and, and that's that. So what do you think about it? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we don't have long to wait to find out what happens because I'm recording this on a Friday night and the next episode comes on tomorrow night. <laughs> okay. But I'm not going to record the podcast tomorrow night. Um, I may not be able to get around to it till hopefully Sunday evening. Because I know you guys look forward to having it on Monday mornings. So I'm going to try my hardest to get the next one out for you there. That doesn't leave a lot of time for emails pertaining to this episode. But by all means, don't let that discourage you. I mean, just send in your emails and whatever makes sense to read, I'll read. Okay. Uh, so take a moment to, you know, obviously subscribe on Facebook or like the page or subscribe on the YouTube channel. All that good stuff. I don't think I mentioned the YouTube channel this episode. Um, but of course there's a YouTube channel now. I haven't been able to update that in a while. Maybe I'll try to get something out involving the new Broly trailer, but gosh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Anyway. Um, yeah, guys. So I think that about does it for this episode too. Uh, until next time for rock the dragon podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater and I'll see you next time.